cosmic dragon. Hey y'all, this is Sean Grigsby. Welcome to Cosmic Dragon, a podcast all about science fiction and fantasy books. Today, we are talking to Anna Kashina, who is a fellow Angry Robot author. Before we get into that, I want to let you know a little bit about my books. Uh, specifically, Ash Kickers. Ash Kickers is the sequel to Smoke Eaters. It's all about firefighters versus dragons in the future. It is a Publishers Weekly star-reviewed book now, as of this recording, so I just wanted to let y'all know. Let's jump into our interview with Anna Kashina. So uh, we are here with Anna Kashina, and uh, you are a fellow Angry Robot author. Uh, but yes. we'll jump into where you started and how you got to where you are. But uh, obviously the main focus today is going to be talking about your new book, Shadowblade. Can you tell us uh, when that releases and a little bit about the plot? Yeah, so this book uh, is coming out in all formats except U.S. print edition on May 7th, and U.S. print books will ship on May 28th, so roughly in May and very soon, <laughs> in, in less than a week. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so it's very exciting for me. So this book, uh, uh, so it, it's about um, a young girl who is striving to become an elite blade master. So she will have to, she has to overcome a lot of obstacles to uh, train and to become like one of the best in her elite Jaihar order. And then uh, after she goes through all that, she is unexpectedly volunteered for a very high profile assignment, which is also nearly suicidal and actually designed to overthrow the power in the empire. So, and she knows nothing about it, of course, when she trains, but uh, this work is going on behind the scenes. So, so um, there are several, so it's set in a world, uh, uh, in an empire which is based on the medieval Middle East in terms of settings, but not in terms of uh, relationships and interactions. It's multicultural and it ho has a lot of fancy blade work and uh, it has a strong romantic subplot. So it's a fantasy with elements of romance and um, it has a very strong female character, which I, I really can relate to myself. So. And you've had that uh, strong female characters in your previous books as well. Yeah, yeah, I do like to have <laughs> female characters. Now, is Shadowblade in, is it related to any of your previous books or is this a completely different world and, and different characters? So it has a completely different world. It's a, a standalone at the moment, even though there's a potential of a series. And uh, in my mind, uh, so it has some... Um, parallels even though it's a different world was my Majad Code series so in my mind if somebody ever asked me to I can envision a series of books which would connect the two worlds but at the moment they're not connected okay so it's a brand new start awesome so let's just talk about your, your publishing journey because uh, oh. just in my research I, I saw mm -hmm. that your first published novel uh, was back in 2000 yeah so in my publishing journey is yeah it's, it's it's long and bumpy. Long and yeah. well, I think right. everybody's is long and bumpy. But uh, did you, with that publisher, did you submit yourself uh, in the slush pile mm -hmm. for them? Uh, were you approached, or did you approach an agent first? So yeah, that was a very funny story. So first, uh, you probably will hear it that I'm a native Russian speaker. So I came to America not knowing much English. So around '96, I wrote my first novel in Russian, and then I took a big dictionary and translated it. So in the process of that, I managed to 
switch languages. So that first novel still has this foreign flair. And then one day I was flying to London and I was sitting next to a man on the flight and it was a long flight, so we're chatting. And in the last 20 minutes of the flight, he asked me, what do you do? And I say, well, I'm a scientist. And he says, well, I'm a publisher in New York. And by the way, we're looking for novels with foreign flair. So since you're Russian, maybe you can recommend some. So then I said that, you know, my friend wrote a novel. <laughs> because I didn't dare to say it was me. <laughs> and then he said, okay, here's my card, have her send it to me. <laughs> and then uh, when I got off the plane and I got back home after being in London, I uh, wrote to him and I said that actually it's me, not my friend. He said, that's fine, just send, send me the novel. And he loved it and he accepted it. So he was a very high profile publisher who started at that time in 2000, the new publishing house. So it wasn't like it is now. So he had very ambitious beginning, and this book was very highly reviewed, but he very quickly went out of business, not because of my book. Right. And uh, then he passed away. So, oh, and sad. then uh, so that, that moment I wrote a sequel, and of course yeah, nobody wanted to, wanted to take a sequel or a previously published book. So, and then kind of, so I went back to the beginning and I started from scratch again, and I wrote uh, the Majad Code series, and I tried to submit it to many agents, and it kind of so it never worked out. So in the end, I pretty much gave up. And then Angry Robot had an open door submission period. Uh, incidentally, there is an, another one going on right now. So I sent it there, and that was back in 2012, I believe. And then unexpectedly, they accepted it, and this is how it really started for me. So I'm on my fourth book with Angry Robot now, and. It has been going well so far. Awesome. So you entered the, the open door with Angry Robot, and that's yes. how you got with them. When along the way did you decide that uh, you wanted to pursue having a literary agent, and, and what made you decide that? So I always wanted an agent, so I found that getting a publisher in my case was easier. So after Angry Robot off offered me a contract, uh, so by that time I accumulated connections with agents who liked my work but didn't feel like they could sell it. So I called up one of those agents and within an hour I had two offers of representation. So I chose uh, the better, I mean, the more kind of more high-profile agency at the time and I got an agent right away. So, yeah. Well, awesome. That's, yeah. you know, that happens so much. <laughs> and it's so funny <laughs> yeah. to me because, you know, when agents say, oh, I don't know if I can, I can sell this. And then you yourself as the author go and take it somewhere and sell it, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you right. know, and then it's like, oh, well, maybe I was wrong. Uh -huh. uh, so that's awesome. Yeah, this process is still puzzling to me, but apparently it's easier to get a publisher than an agent in my case. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Sometimes it's that way. That's very yeah. true. Right. So you, you mainly write fantasy. What yes. about the genre appeals to you? And have you ever had any desire to write in any other genres or is it fantasy for you all the way? So I love fantasy because kind of it has no boundaries in a way. So I can set the rules and the rules can be as extreme as I want. So I'm a scientist in my day job and people often ask me, why don't, why don't I write science fiction? And it's because in science fiction, I feel I'm constrained by what I know. So in fantasy, I can just set the rules. And I think, so I believe that all the books ultimately have to be character driven. So there's no better way to test your characters than to put them into some extreme conditions and put them to the limit somewhere. And I think fantasy uh, provides this uh, 
great a great setting to do that. And yeah, I also like historical settings as opposed to futuristic. My settings are usually very visual, and I like them to be visually beautiful and rich and uh, interesting kind of in historic way. So, uh, yeah, so I think this is what attracts me to fantasy. Having said that, in Shadowblade, I did venture into some of my scientific knowledge, uh, trying to explain the basics of the war warrior skills. So how can a person be so good with weapons? So I found a kind of a pseudo-scientific explanation of how these people can literally sense their blades and connect to them. And this also has some flip sides which are explored in the novels, not only in favor of these warriors, but also against them. And actually, I'm, I have, I'm doing a post on fantasy faction about the science of Shadow Blade, which is very, um, it's under the surface, but it's there. And yeah, I, someday I'll probably try to write a science fiction novel, but not yet. Yeah, you, I guess you, you have to be ready <laughs> for it. Um, because me, I started out writing horror. And uh -huh. as, as I grew as a writer, it just became apparent to me that I write science fiction and fantasy. Or science fantasy, because I mm -hmm. love what you talked about as far as fantasy is that you don't have to be constrained by... Uh, facts <laughs> yeah <laughs> because right. I, I do write science fiction but my science fiction is it wears fantasy clothing i guess mm -hmm. because it's not very plausible but that's more fun to me so yeah i, I agree and yes you you have a phd we should be yes. calling you dr kashina <laughs> yeah right <laughs> in fantasy setting it doesn't work, but, yeah. <laughs> but that's good though you know it, it's yeah. it I, I don't know about you but for me it's it's Reading is definitely an escape, but writing my own worlds is the best escape because I'm not mm -hmm. only immersing myself in it, but I'm creating it as well. And yes, it's very good, yeah. very therapeutic. Uh, yeah. And speaking of writing, what mm -hmm. I know not everyone has a routine that they stick to, but uh, yeah. what does a typical writing day for you look like? Oh, okay. It's more like writing minutes in my case. So <laughs> I have a kind of a, a day job, which as I'm a scientist in my day job, which means like there are no set hours. So I get to set my hours and they usually are longer than the regular person's working day. I also have two small children. And so my writing kind of has to fill all the holes in between. So the only way I manage to do any writing is because I have a laptop with me all the time. So when I have 15 minutes, I just sit down and write. So I developed this routine in which every time I have enough time to open my computer pretty much, I try to write down something. And then uh, when I, this way I arrive at the very horrible first draft of a novel, then I just uh, edit it and comb it however many times it takes to make it work. So, and usually uh, the first 10 rounds of that are in, on the computer and then I always edit on paper. And in the end, I also read aloud some of the key scenes. And uh, at some point it kind of resembles I guess carving, when you just carve away all the extra stuff and you leave the perfect creation inside. So it's uh, it's fun, but yeah, it can be pretty erratic sometimes. Definitely. Yeah. How long did it take you to write the first draft of Shadowblade? So the first draft, about a year. I spent extra almost another extra year on world building and, and on developing all the political intrigues. So actually... Uh, the warrior part, which is the most fun one for me, came first. And then uh, in the end, uh, the current... Uh, so 
the, the chapter that I wrote first, which I thought to be the first chapter, ended up somewhere in the middle of the book. So I kind of literally I came back to add layers and layers of politics and of uh, background. And uh, so, yeah, so that took an extra year. So overall, I think it was almost two years to work on Shadowblade. Nice. Which is usually it's longer than I usually write, actually. But yeah. Hey, though, sometimes I've noticed that the longer you take on a certain project, the better it is. Um, well, I hope it's the case here, of course. <laughs> <laughs> That's the plan. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure it is. <laughs> and because uh, I had been writing on average about two books a year. Oh, and wow. Yeah. But, and I would do, like, I, I'd set a thousand words as my goal for a writing day. And I would oh. usually knock that out in an hour. But now it's starting to take me two to three hours to do the same thing. Uh, I think the writing's better, but <laughs> but I'm really <laughs> upset that it's taking me two or three yeah. times as long. But eh, it's just the way it is. Yeah, I wonder. <laughs> There's a good explanation. Yeah, right. I feel this way too. I, I, it takes me longer, but I think the result is better. So yeah. And that's the ultimate goal: is is better right. writing, as long as so it hopefully. takes whatever it takes. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> what are some of your favorite books or at least some of your favorite authors and, and people you look up to? Well, Terry Pratchett is my absolute favorite fantasy author. And I think uh, so he's considered a humor author. I think he's, he's I mean, I, I'm sure like many people agree with me. His books have so much depth behind this humor. So I love this kind of light uh, tone with, with very deep meaning underneath. So, yeah. So I would name him. Uh, well, I I do enjoy the Game of Thrones, <laughs> even oh, though yeah. it does it does a lot of things opposite to what I was taught and opposite to what I would ever do. I <laughs> kind of I use these books as a reference of so it's my encyclopedia on character development. How to create a character which you remember like a thousand pages later, you, you remember exactly what happened to this character and you want to know the rest. So yeah. Uh, I started with Tolkien, of course, and so that was my one of my favorite childhood books. Um, I do enjoy fantasy romance, so one of my favorite authors in that genre is Jeffy Kennedy. Um, yeah, and then I, I do read a lot of different things too, so it's kind of a, it's a big question. I, yeah, I know, there's there's always so much. Yeah. There's too much right. to remember. And then, yes. like, I know when I'm interviewed and people ask me something like that, and... Uh, I always forget a few books that I wanted to mention. Yeah. You know, some right. of your favorites. There's there's so many. Yeah. So, right. well, where do you see yourself in the next year or so? Like, what what is your writerly goal? Well, so I do want to kind of, so I do want to kind of get to one, one good novel a year, maybe. And if I can, I mean, my children are growing up, so I can see that it's within reach. I do want to write more books in the style of Shadowblade. I do. I also want to try a novel which is not going to be science fiction, probably, but maybe science fantasy. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I do want to develop my career as a writer. It's very important to me. I think I would never feel accomplished in my life if I don't grow as a writer all the time. So, same yeah. here. So, yeah. yeah, and I, I know, <laughs> I know, I know. It's never gonna just. You're always growing. You're always going to be growing until the day you die. You you know that should be yeah. the goal is to get better and better. And uh, I know I tell this to people and I say I know this sounds like I say I want to breathe uh, air, but I really mm -hmm. want to be a full time writer. And yeah. I'm sure there are writers out there who 
no, I'm happy with, with my one career over here and I can also write over here and they, they want to mm-hmm. stick to it. Uh, not me. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. enjoy what I do. Don't get me wrong, but, mm-hmm. uh, it, it would be just so nice to just focus on writing and, and, you know, making a good living, uh, doing right. it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I do love my day job. So I don't know if I'll ever be able to give it up, but I certainly, so I found that just one career somehow doesn't work for me. So if I don't write, my day job suffers too. And I think to some extent it happens the other way, but I think if I could uh, make a living as a writer, like uh, enough living so that I could be a full-time writer if I wanted to, I would just feel more freedom in both of my activities. So, Right. I think that's a big misconception too. First of all, people who are just starting out and, and want to sell a novel for instance, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. but also to people outside of the industry, you know, um, even just readers, uh, mm. that you don't get rich <laughs> selling right. books. Yeah. Um, some people do, but it's, it's very, right. very, very rare. Um, I know. Yeah. And right. I salute people who can actually make a living writing. And a lot of times they do other writing projects, not just novels. They write comics yeah. and they write short stories and they write tie-in novels for movies. And, and that's where mm. the real, the grind comes in. Um, yeah. it's not like you can just wake up and spend two years working on a book and <laughs> right. and expect a check every month or something. Yeah. So. But yeah, I do feel lucky that I can afford to just write what I love and then right. kind of have the rest of it covered. But yeah. Right. And then, yeah, and then it's yeah. more relaxing yeah. that way. And I think if you asked me 10 years ago, so I remember not 20 years ago. So when I first started really trying to publish my books. So one of my dreams was that I know English as well as I know Russian. And the other dream was that every novel that I write will get published. So remarkably now, about 20 years later, I feel like I accomplished both of these things. And it feels really special. Hey, and that's <laughs> and fantastic. Now, and now I want more, of course, right? Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> yes. that's the thing about goals is that once you check yeah. one or two off, oh, you add five more. So yeah, right. that's, it's exactly. fun. It's a journey. Yeah. You know, one of the uh, questions I always ask my guests when they come on uh, Cosmic Dragon is, what is a piece of advice that you either want to pass along that you've always mm-hmm. known or something that you wish someone had told you when you first started out? Yeah. No, so I'm... Yeah, my piece of advice I always pass along is never give up. So this advice helped me enormously through my life because my career, both my scientific career and my writing career is a series of situations in which many people just give up and I never did. And I'm very happy about it. So that's my one advice to everyone. That's great. And I'd add on to that too, uh, given your Mm -hmm. story, is because if if you do remain persistent and uh, never give up, uh, you're you're more aware of opportunities that can come to you <laughs> that you would otherwise yeah. never have taken because you were on a flight when you met yeah. your first publisher. Right. Um, and yeah. I, I know for some people, uh, and I know you know what what happened uh, with the publisher, obviously, but uh, that's the kind of uh, encouragement that a lot of people need that tells mm-hmm. you, you know, yeah, you you are good enough to be published, and you you are good enough to to be read. Um, yeah, and that kind of right. pushes you. It's like I compare mm-hmm. it to, uh, I don't know if you ever played Mario Kart, but there's a turbo pad that you can drive over and that boosts you forward. And I love those little synchronicities that happen because that really just pushes me forward yeah. to keep going and not give up. So, Yeah, I've seen it happen when other people played Mario. But yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I grew up with different games. <laughs> I got you. What what's your what was your favorite game growing up? King's Quest. <laughs> King's Quest. I love adventure games. I don't know if you remember this. It sounds so familiar. I, I it's love... A, it's like uh, there was a company called Sierra Online, and they started graphic adventure games like ages ago. Oh, and they, awesome. Uh, no longer exist, but yeah, that's the games I used to love, and I play their spin-offs now, and of course, they don't produce them anymore, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel old in this time. You know, and a lot of people, yes. a lot of authors, they, they talk about books that got them into fantasy or science fiction. For me... It was always, mm-hmm. well, obviously movies, uh-huh. uh, but definitely games. Because I look back and I'm thinking, you know, some of my favorite games were Loom. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was oh, like yes. a, a DOS game uh, from right. LucasArts. Yeah, Arts. I played Loom, yes. Oh, I loved Loom. <laughs> yeah, I loved it, yeah. When when you trick the kid into being eaten by the dragon and then uh-huh. his ghost like haunts you and guilts you for what you did. That was the best. That was awesome. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. Uh, right. It was like yeah. an early Game of Thrones grimdark kind of thing. Uh, yep. But also, uh, what was the other one? Uh, was it Dragon Quest or Dragon Slayer? It was the one where you had to hit the button exactly when you were supposed to, otherwise you died, like right then. And you could die a yeah. million times. And the whole point was just to get to the end. And it uh, no, I didn't play that. Me. Oh, right. yeah. I think you could yeah. find it online for free, I think. Oh, okay. And I'll look it up. Don Bluth, uh, uh-huh. the animator, was the one who actually mm-hmm. drew all the uh, the the animation for it. I'm going to look it up after this interview, Anna. Yeah, I'm going okay, to play it. <laughs> Tell me what I you don't think. Know. If you ever played Might and Magic, that's also a pretty old game. Might and Magic. I've heard of yeah. it. I haven't. I don't think if I have played it, I don't remember it. So it's a role-playing game, one of the earlier ones, and I actually played it a lot when I was writing Majad Code or developing the world, because some, somehow it helped me to develop a multi-character novel so i mean which is kind of ridiculous when you think about it but yeah (laughs) hey not really you know i tell people that thankfully i've never been asked this because i would go on like an hour-long tangent about it but um you know one of the questions that more famous authors have have been asked by people is where do you get your ideas and Uh you know they people have written whole books about how they just pop in your head and you go, yep, that's good. Yeah. And you just roll with it. And it's a little bit at a right. time, but yeah, video games count, uh, mm-hmm. with smoke eaters. Uh, yeah. I, I got inspired by uh, Skyrim a little bit, oh. you know, <laughs> things like that. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, right. I didn't steal. Let's just get right. that across. So mm-hmm. Bethesda doesn't sue me, but uh, you know, it's just, you pick up little things here and there and you gather them and then you make yeah. a, a new thing. Well, actually, my first novel, the one that came out in 2000, but it was inspired by the Disney movie Aladdin. It's nothing like Aladdin, but <laughs> <laughs> that was my inspiration. Hey, that's something. And there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. That's, you know, pe- yeah. the smart creators are the ones who take whatever they can get and, and make something yeah. awesome. Uh, so we're going to wrap things up, but can you tell us okay. uh, where we can find you and also your books? Oh, so my book's hopefully in every store, and if your store doesn't have it, you should tell them to order it. So it's coming out worldwide throughout May, and it's available for pre-order online and uh, in all the major places. Uh, me, so I have a blog at www.anakashina.com, which points to a WordPress site, and also I'm on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, which is currently my limit of social media, but... I'm expanding. So. I try yeah. to expand. Some things I'm better at. I'm good at Facebook and Twitter. Instagram, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what I'm going to take pictures of all the time. 
you know? Yeah, I don't... yeah I'm having trouble with Instagram. <laughs> I was told I have to do it. So oh, really? It. I have 40 <sighs> followers right now. I mean, the <laughs> only thing I could think of is just sharing my book covers all the time. Yeah, and that's like, right. it kind of gets old, you know? Oh, yeah. Right. I, maybe I should get out more, Anna, and do more things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm happy with Twitter and Facebook. I yeah, me too. I mean, it's like, just you can yeah. just type whatever your thoughts. I'm I'm good right. about thoughts, but like Chuck Wendig right yeah. now is sharing mm -hmm. pictures of uh, the Fox kits and yes, around his ridership. You know, yeah. and it's, people are like, "Oh my god, it's so cute!" Like that stuff doesn't happen around here. I may see a squirrel, and people yeah. don't care about squirrels. Well, <laughs> you should try probably. I'll try it. I'll try. It. Yeah, but yeah, it's, it's, first I need a writer shed. That's 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 one of my goals is getting a writer shed in the backyard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to, to just get away. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> good luck. Yeah, we'll see. I'm not going to build it yeah. myself. I just got to <laughs> sell enough books to pay somebody else to. Anna, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on, and you're more than welcome to come back. Uh, just to remind listeners, Shadow Blade is out this month. As of this recording, it's May 2019. Right, thank you very much, Sean. This was really fun. Thank you for having me.